You're listening to the Plus Music Podcast with Brian and Nick, where we're talking to artists about what it's like to get your music heard in the ever-changing music industry, Uh, how it is to use tools like social media and other platforms as an independent artist in a changing music business. Today we sit down with Los Angeles-based songwriter and TikTok genius Austin Archer. Austin talks to us about splitting his time between being an actor and being a musician, and how several TikTok viral videos in today's new media has finally given him a chance to become a self-supported entertainer. Here's more from Austin now. Welcome to the Plus Music Podcast. Today we're sitting down with Los Angeles-based artist and songwriter Austin Archer. Austin, welcome to the show. Here's a couple of things we've learned about you before we jump into an interview with you. We know you've been releasing albums for about 15 years as a solo artist. You just released your third full-length album, Beautiful Things, in October of 2020. Most recently, you've gained some notoriety on the internet and releasing short comedic songs on TikTok. That's how we found you. Uh, you've garnered millions of views with the likes of uh, Turtleneck and Blazer and released an album now called Now That's What I Call a Bunch of Austin Archer TikTok Songs Compiled into an Album, Volume 1. <laughs> it's genius. It's classic. Uh, you've got a podcast of your own, The People Pleaser, with Austin Archer, and you've been acting for over 20 years. What haven't you done? I uh, can't wait to hear more about your journey from then to now. Welcome to the show, Austin Archer. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks yeah, for that nice intro. Thank you. Great to have <laughs> you. Great to have you. Yeah, so lots to talk about. We usually kind of want to start out at the beginning. Um, how long have you been doing music then? I started playing music when I was uh, like 13, 14, 15 years old in that range. And um, I, you know, I did that thing that like teenagers do where you sit and like and listen to a song over and over again and sit at your piano. If you got a mm-hmm. piano when you're in the, in the home you grew up in and like learn. How, so I like would learn how to play clocks by Coldplay or the mm-hmm. scientist or, uh, you know, Annie waits by Ben folds or like any songs that were like just chords, mm-hmm. you know, or yeah. let it be by the Beatles. And you would just sit there and like, listen to that over and over and over again and Dude, sort of get totally. acquainted with that. Mm-hmm. And then I had a, a friend who taught me how to a few a few guitar chords as well when I was like 15. I think I got a guitar for my birthday when I was 15 or for, for Christmas, maybe. And um, started writing songs and they were always really, really bad, of course, which is fine. And uh, I think I was bad till probably like 21 or 22 years old. But like, it, you know, you got to just do that. I think some people are really good when they're teenagers and it blows my mind. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I, I've met a few who like really wrote good songs as teenagers. For you sure. see them. Billie Eilish is like, you know, like you see these people come out like uh, Declan McKenna is another one right now. That's like, he's been writing crazy good songs since he was 15. But mm-hmm. I, I was really terrible for the first five or six years. And yeah, there's always the freaks of nature. You know, yeah, the world that, yeah. They can just like jump in and they're just good somehow yeah. right away. There's it. also that crossover wave too. Like like you said, that you first start just kind of kind of imitating people, you know. These right. are songs I like. I don't know what my voice sounds like. I remember I got way into the cult when I first got into like making music. <laughs> and uh, yeah. the singer Ian Astor has such a hour, you know, like a real growl. And I remember singing like that forever because I have a really high pitched voice, which, you know, wasn't super popular in high school and bands and stuff. <laughs> and uh, until you can become confident, like, wow, Barry Gibb, there's Freddie Mercury. People have high pitched voices. Oh, yeah. I tend to kind of hot hit, you know, as a kid, 
But yes, the people like the Billie Eilish that's in the freaks of nature, as Nick said, <laughs> there is some talent that just can kind of bottle and pop out right at a young age. And it drives me nuts. Whenever I does. see it, I'm always like, what are you doing? Dude. You're not old enough to know how to write in that mature of a way and exactly. have such a have such a clearly defined voice <laughs> at this. Like, no, but it's unfair. Damn yeah, it. yeah, 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 yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, that's uh, it is. Uh, it's an interesting time. And what's what's also interesting is that you can get your art out so much quicker now. Um, you really can. A big audience if mm -hmm. if uh, if it's there, you know, when I was in high school, it was when MySpace was first taking off. And you remember how people could put their music on MySpace? So yes. MySpace was like a really good spot for bands and mm -hmm. stuff. And it was like this. It was like the beginning of that advent of like hometown local musician you can go to my myspace right now and listen to these like five demo tracks that i did mm -hmm. in my in my bedroom you know but like that still was and people you know i mean like owl city got popular doing that putting songs on myspace and like but now like the soundcloud musician really is an established it's almost like a genre now mm -hmm. of, totally yeah you know, it is bedroom, yeah mixtape yeah. they call it. you know it's like that yeah. that idea of being able to put something out before it hits Spotify is interesting, you know, like where right. there's a whole different, it's like a testing ground, you know, and then mm -hmm. they just rolled out the, the new payment strategy that they're going to have based on, based on the followers that you have, not the plays that you get. Right. Oh, so, uh, on, on Spotify, they did on, on uh, SoundCloud. Sorry. Oh, on SoundCloud. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, Spotify. No, Spotify is going <laughs> to, not try not to do that for a long time i think yeah, yeah so many people that are on that platform but uh yeah there's you know not to get too deep into the weeds and business side stuff but it's you can see a couple companies trying to pave a way to get to get fans to want to participate on that um all i on see that it, place it's, versus another you know I see it as just being a way to really grow the middle class of artists, like middle class of, of songwriters and stuff. It's something that traditionally hasn't really existed in the arts where like, if you're, if you're a storyteller, a, like a filmmaker, a musician, a, an actor, typically painter, it's like, it? yeah, painter. It's like, you've either made it and you're making too much money or you're struggling. Mm -hmm. You know, and like there's and the middle class was very, very small and sparse. Mm -hmm. There are people who who were who've always traditionally been able to find a niche and be like a middle class artist. But I think that uh, the Internet and new media platforms and stuff like that are really creating a chance <laughs> for us to have like a thriving middle class. Of, for sure. Of songwriters and artists, mm -hmm. which I think is really cool. Well, and you watched like I was part of like the old music business where you really kind of had to have access to radio access to print media and access to shelf space in these places that used to exist called record stores. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, but then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, started with MySpace, but developed into Facebook and Instagram. Now it's TikTok. But if you have a good social media, you don't necessarily need a huge media campaign. And mm -hmm. when's the last time you picked up a Rolling Stone magazine? Yeah, probably the <laughs> same time I did, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. Awesome. So you're, you have a background in acting too, right? Yeah. So That's do you think that that is like, I'd like to hear more about that, but I just, the quick question that I have is, do you feel like that plus your music plus being a, plus being a musician plus having some kind of acting chops 
has helped you in social media? In social media, for sure. Uh, mm. It's like it, it helps to make my content not so one dimensional. Um, and also, I mean, like, so I've had a lot of people say, like, if you just released the songs, you would go viral more often or like the people really like the songs. And I'm like, first of all, the songs are a lot more labor intensive than me doing like a skit or something. Mm -hmm, but what's yeah. been really nice about doing like the skits is like I've had like directors who are directing TV pilots reach out to me and be like, I think you're really funny. Would you read for this show? And, and like, and the, there's people in the comments who are like, you're a good actor. And I'm like, yeah, it's not, that's not by accident. Like that's actually uh -huh. something that I, <laughs> something I've been doing. It's yeah. actually something I do, but like, it helps. I, for me, uh, cause in, in the content creation game, especially when you're trying to grow your audience, it really behooves one to post as often as possible. Mm -hmm. And if you're trying to be a person who's making a niche as like writing comedic songs, mm -hmm. I mean, unless you're like super, super, super prolific and you can write, edit, produce a music video a day, every single day. I mean, I don't think you want to be doing that. I try to do like one a week and then the rest is like skits and stuff. Stuff, but the acting really helps me to diversify my portfolio on that mm -hmm. content wise. Plus you can, uh, it seems like you can test out tracks on social media, see how they work. You could even, you know, you, technically totally. you can do 30 seconds of a track and just totally make that sound good and then see if mm -hmm. it works. And if people are like, fuck yeah, where is that song? Oh yeah. Right. It's dumb. I'm work on that. Totally. Mm -hmm. Totally. That's what the, the album that you mentioned. Now that's what I call a bunch of Austin Archer's TikTok songs compiled into an album volume one. Mm -hmm. uh, that, like that was, there's like full versions because people always in the comments, right? Full version, full version. Mm. And you know, I'm like, it, this is the song. It's this is the version. Yeah. But then I was like, all right, fine. I'll, I'll do a few like three minute long versions of these songs. And it was fun to like expand them out. And, you could yeah. completely morph this into a variety hour or at least a variety half <laughs> hour almost like a dave chappelle thing you could do commentary even your little acting and turtleneck and blazer then go into the song it's <laughs> well I, I, you, I, you remember up, you remember that show on hbo was uh the the uh the um, kids in the hall no the new zealand dudes oh uh flight, flight of the concords flight of the concords was such a genius show mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it. it just like they were, they were they had this really cool mix of music and and like story, you know. Well, and the thing about Jermaine and Brett is like they are good musicians. Mm -hmm. They're not just like comedians who like they're, they're actually like people who they probably have a library of songs that are actual songs that they actually like feel emotionally connected to. But totally. like where they found the success was with the comedic songs. Mm -hmm. And that's mostly what they play when they go play concerts and stuff like that. Tim Heidecker, uh, you know, Tim Heidecker, he's a musician no. from Tim, Tim and Eric that like um, uh, adult swim, but oh, he, yeah. he's got this whole online universe of content and he's primarily known as a comedian and he does have comedic albums out, but he also like puts out, serious albums of music that not a lot of people hear but i went and listened to his last like serious record and i was like this guy's a, a good musician mm -hmm. like, and that, good that's gotta kind of be frustrating yeah. i mean it has like even the monkeys have a, an album that they put out like when they were like we don't want to be tv show people and teen idols anymore and they have like this song me and magdalena it's <laughs> one of the most beautiful well-written tunes i've ever heard and when you see the monkeys in that logo in the credits 
you're like, is it like the, you mean the funny band? You know, I'm sure that so, dude probably is bummed. Yeah. So let me band. ask, let me let me yeah. pose the question then is just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, where where do you do you, is there like where's the line between what makes you money being creative and what fills your soul as a creative person and do they need to be ex- together you know yeah can they, so can they be exclusive i i get this question a lot from people where they'll they'll, they'll phrase it in a way where it's like what are you primarily like are you an mm-hmm. actor are you a writer like what are, what do you you know and I'm like, I never really know. It kind of changes on a year to year basis based on like what I'm doing mostly, but like that fluctuates. Um, traditionally, I've made the most money as an actor. Like that's where I, that's the thing that I've been able to like have mm-hmm. as my job <laughs> the longest uh, in my life. But only recently has music started to become a source of income. And right now, music's actually like my main source of income because I'm writing a lot of jingles for different brands. And like I'm doing a lot like getting into that whole world of, uh, you know, writing music for for startups and small businesses and then writing people's podcast themes and stuff like that. And like doing scoring for movies and TV shows and stuff like that. So like this is this is all very new, but traditionally it was acting. Ideally, I would like to have lots of crossover in my life. I would like to be able to simultaneously enjoy my art forms and also be able to have a diversified income stream from mm-hmm. all of them. So you know? ideally, you'd love to be a Jared Leto that paints? Well, I don't paint, so. <laughs> I can, but, you know, why not throw another one in there? You got the acting, the music, and maybe. Make some, make some <laughs> NFTs. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, that, but that's that's cool though, Austin. I think it's, I think it's it. It's smart. I don't know. I think that being able to just be creative for a living is 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 pretty rad, right? Um, I like it. What? Uh, <laughs> how did how did you get into the to the? You were mentioning you did a lot of jingle stuff and writing writing stuff for like bespoke things for people. How did that get started? That's literally all TikTok. So like I, you know what happened in 2020 and it's not just me, it's, I mean, I'm, I think everyone's aware of this, but like uh, with, with live performance venues closing and I, I'm a theater actor. I act on stage a lot. I usually do like two or three pr- uh, productions a year at different like um, equity houses. And that's like one of my sources of income that's completely gone. Can't act on stage. So my only options are like doing commercial work or, you know, if I can, I like, I shot a movie in 2020 and stuff, but like primarily what I was doing in 2020, I was furloughed from work and I was just making TikTok content. Mm -hmm. And I started making these songs, you know, like these like silly songs. And that became sort of like the main thing that people were resonating with. And it's actually like a really popular genre on TikTok Mm -hmm. is people who make 30 to 60 second long comedic songs. And most of the people who are doing that are like, dope musicians are like actually really really good mark rebele who's probably one of the most popular ones out there like the guy who's just he's got that mustache and like he always wears like silk robes and he's always like doing like these beat drops while talking about like having sex and stuff and he's it's really it's funny and silly but like the guy's really talented and he's a really really good musician and anyway i was doing that and that's i mean it all of a sudden just started like pouring in just Mm -hmm. message after message after message of someone going, can you write a song for my company? You know? And so I 
very quickly had to realize what a reasonable rate was. And, mm-hmm. and I'm still figuring that out, figuring out how to, <laughs> yeah. not, to not to lowball myself and stuff. Yeah. Is that something yeah. that you'll eventually want to get an agent to do or they they'll start slowing it down too much? I don't, I think eventually. Yeah. Um, especially because I'm not good at um, advocating for myself and I'm not good at negotiations. And so like, I'm literally, I'm realizing now I work for a, uh, a small internet marketing agency that just started up between me and two other creators. And when we go to other creators to source them and go, Hey, can you, would you be into this? You know, like people who have a similar audience size to me are pitching me like three times what I pitch people rate wise. And I'm like, Oh geez, are my rates too low? Right. <laughs> I'm not, you know? And so I'm, I'm figuring out as I go, we all are figuring yeah. out. Um, yeah, you, yeah. It, it everybody lowballs themselves in some point in their life, you know. You yeah. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really cool, though. I, 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 you know, we 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 often talk about this, but it seems like the the future of creatives is having that extra muscle of being able to be entertaining online. You know, like mm-hmm. you gotta whatever <laughs> you do, you gotta be entertaining on whatever platform is sort of in vogue at the time. Right now, it happens to be this video version of it, right? So you kind of have to have that muscle. I've even gone as far as to tell some of my friends who are musicians who are really good, who just don't like the internet content game, who just like, it just, they don't, they can't get themselves to do it. I've gone as far as to be like, so the same way that you would invest in like your record that you would like pay someone to make sure that your record's really good and, and invest in like PR and invest in, you know, distribution and all that stuff. Like maybe it would be smart of you to invest in like hiring someone to design your social media presence, you know, and, yeah. and going as far as just being like, I don't like doing it. This isn't in my wheelhouse. I just want to write the songs and having someone else be the person who's in charge of making sure you've got a good video at least once a week, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Let's dig in there. Cause there's a, I think that advice is, is important, right? Like there's, I think a lot of people still believe this story that if you make something great, like they'll find you and sign <laughs> you and do all mm-hmm. the things that you imagined you could have done as an, as a creative. And, and it's just not really how the world works, but, um, but it is possible to build your own following and have something to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, what And then it sounds like you have like a pretty strong opinion about how it should be done. What What do you think? Like, what do you think the right way to, to build a social media presence is right now today? Oh, geez. I don't know uh, about the one right way because I see so many people employing different strategies and there seem to be actually quite a few different things that work for different people. And it's almost like on a one like individual basis of like, what's your personal aesthetic? I think something that I always say to people is like, get busy figuring out what your voice is, what you're, what you feel most, most comfortable doing, doing stuff that you feel like when you watch it back, you like it, you think it like it works aesthetically for you. It's like, what is, it's that, what's your personal brand thing. But when people say that so often, it's, it feels so corporate and that's like poison to artists when you're like, what's your brand? They're like, I don't want to, I'm just a person who writes songs. And it's like, okay, but no, what it is, is like, what's your taste? What, what do you, what looks good to you? What sounds good to you? What filters do you like? What, you know, figuring out, just spending some time practicing at it and knowing that, you know, 
just like with everything else with music, there are the Billie Eilish's and there's the, the people who are the wonder kinds who are just good at it right away. But for most of us, we have to practice and we have to figure out what works and what doesn't work for our voice, what works and doesn't work for our skill set. And I think it's the same thing with social media. It's like uh, this, this latest batch of videos from the last year of my life could look from the outside like I came from nowhere and I blew up. But I've been putting out internet content since 2015 that was getting no traction. And if you go back and look at my internet content from 2015, you can see why it's bad. And like, I, I had to practice bit by bit, figuring out trial and error, what works, what doesn't work. So part of it is just sort of like that investment of time, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, this hours. Yeah. This old idea of, and I've, I have had this idea of like, if I make something good enough, it will be undeniable and people will see, and they'll come to me. Yes and no. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we actually live in an era where that's more possible than it ever was before in history. We we actually live in a time where like you really can make something that's so good that you suddenly have offers that you wouldn't have had before. But yeah. I think for most people to get to that place where you can consistently make really solid content that has a shot at getting noticed, it's probably going to take a consist a a, a considerable investment of time mm-hmm. and, oh, yeah. and, and work. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And, yeah. and, uh, if you're lucky to hit a platform early enough, you'll have enough time to get good at it while it's mm-hmm. still cool. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are start, you know, they just jumping into the Instagram game now started, it's kind of, it's on its way out, you know, like they might be able to, to stay afloat, but TikTok. <clears throat> just blew them out of the water as far as like the potential to succeed. Um, And, you know, now there's Twitch and then there'll probably be something else and Mm -hmm. whatever else, you know, happens next, who knows, but it'll might be VR. It might be just like a completely like you made your, your avatar and and that's how you present yourself to the world or whatever it is like the, the ready player one style of, of world, you know, where mm-hmm. nobody even knows what fucking anybody looks like. Anymore. Well, and it's it could be bringing in, re- you know, I could even see it. Like, I mean, every time I turn on my cable television, I see a new network app, you know, for five bucks a month, you can get discovery for five bucks a month. You can get NBC, I could see a five bucks a month and you get shows like Austin Archer's TikTok variety hour and thing like people who blow up on social. Cause Hey, I think that's the case for most people. Sure. There's always a creed, you know, a band that meets plays four gigs and then goes on to sell 20 million albums. But uh-huh. For the most part, bands have been touring, been in failed bands, just like you've been making content. I think that most of the people who are huge on TikTok now, probably have at least a good amount of the experience that you're talking about that you need to have content that gets noticed. Um, I could see it, you know, yes, it's either going to be another social platform or, you know, with smart TVs getting smarter to know what you like. I mean, why wouldn't there be a channel for, you know, people that are blowing influencers, people with viral videos. Um, there will be. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's, it's so new media still is not getting recognized by mainstream Hollywood and 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 the actual like 
titans of media the way that um, it really probably should be at this point. YouTube's been around since 2005 Mm -hmm. and people have been making like a good living with a good audience consistently for 15 years, but it's still sort of thought of as this like, this like awkward little stepchild, this Mm -hmm. weird, like now you're other, but it's Mm -hmm. like right now for the first time this year, the Screen Actors Guild is starting to uh, offer Mm-hmm. union contracts for online content that's insane so there's more there's things happening where it's like there will be a channel on there will be a streaming service that is just new content uh, new media content creators and stuff like that and uh it will create a mar- uh, an economy where there will be that's that same thing we i was talking about earlier where like there will be the super successful people up at the top and but what i, I what i like about the things like Patreon and like you were talking about $5 a month, like that people can have, there's a, there's a new platform coming out called perform live that I'm really excited about that. I think uh, will mix the best parts of TikTok and all this stuff, but sort of do a Patreon model where your audience can come and watch you do a long live show. They can join you on stage. There's all this interactive featuring, but like there's all these um, pay paywall things like you can pay to join on stage you can pay to watch the stream you can sell uh, pri- oh, yeah. you can sell stuff on the live you can sell your album so i could be like doing a live show playing music live and i could have my albums for sale next to me in the live and people can buy them while they're watching mm. they don't have to navigate you know so it's like i'm excited about that that's platform cool. that's uh, yeah that's uh, what's it called it's called perform live perform and live it, yeah there was just, remember remember quibi or quip i think it's called right. quibi Yep, quickly. that was that was a giant fail, but yeah, it, there was something interesting in there, you know, which was they were like, too ahead of their time. Yeah, well, it was, it, it just yeah, it was it wasn't the right mix. Like nobody really wanted to see what they were putting out, but so they didn't like they did it the opposite, right? Where now in this world is they crowdsource success and then bring it up, where they were trying to start from the top and then bring it down. It just doesn't work. As well my biggest way. problem with Quibi is that you can only watch it on your phone. I was like, I want to be able to watch this at, on my computer if I want. If I'm at home and I'm not out I and didn't out, know that. No, you can only watch it on your phone. And I was like, that's a big design flaw to me. Yeah, I honestly think it totally. could have worked. Yeah. I really think it could have worked if Plus, I if I could have watched it on my TV or watched yeah, it. Yeah, totally. They like, could have put it on Apple TV and Amazon yeah. Fire Stick and then your computer mm-hmm. wherever you wanted, just like YouTube. You know, you can yeah. sit there and YouTube wherever you right. basically can be connected to the internet. They just were too early and did it a little bit wrong. Yeah. Kind of rushed it. Mm-hmm. Kind of rushed the, some of the specs of the design, but yeah. Yeah. Were you... Um, what do you what do you got planning for the next six months uh, or year of your of of like we're coming out of yeah uh, this, this has been pandemic. crazy yeah it's been crazy you guys so like i i was working at a restaurant in pasadena a year ago mm-hmm. and when the Which shutdown one? happened uh, it's called true food kitchen really really good food oh uh, yeah love, we have one Delicious. down here mm-hmm. Ooh, love stuff. true food um but uh i've been working there for like a couple of years and it, when things shut down, I went on furlough and was doing the TikTok game. And I went back to True Food for like a couple of weeks in November before we shut down again. And after those couple of weeks, I was like, I don't think I can go back. I really don't think I can go back to doing that. And this year has been like, boom, like I have a whole new career. I'm, I'm now 
you know, the creative lead at this internet marketing agency that like we're running all these different campaigns and stuff. So like my year now is just 100% different in my life now from what it was a year ago. It's like, this is the first time in my life that I really feel like I'm actually doing the career that I've been trying to have for Mm -hmm. the last almost, almost 20 years. And so, yeah, this is, I mean, Every year I have a big project that I'm trying to do. And then I have lots and lots and lots of little projects. The big project right now is I've got a movie that we're trying to get made called Marty has cancer. It's based on a, a, a play that I wrote and um, we've got part of it already shot and we're just getting funding together. So that's like the big project. And then everything mm-hmm. else is just content. And um, I've got some, I've got a deluxe version of my album, uh, beautiful things coming out. That's going to be a double vinyl. Mm-hmm. It's going to have like eight additional songs and we're going to do like a, a limited double vinyl release. I think of like a hundred of those and we're going to sell them, you know, probably just to, for the, for the big fans. Um, uh, yeah, but I'm awesome. really excited about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I got a question for you. So circle back, circling back to that movie you're, you're putting together. Mm-hmm. What's it like? comparison to the music business that you've been involved in like so you're you need to go find money right yeah basically like you need to find a producer an executive producer somebody to bankroll it what's what's the what's the process like for you doing that it's more expensive (laughs) it's a lot more expensive because to make a good album these days Uh, and really do it right and really get everything done the way that you want to do it, you can do it for like five to 10 grand. Mm -hmm. You can actually like do a lot of stuff just like with like buying good gear for your home setup, getting a good audio engineer, like procuring the services of like some good people to help you with the distribution and stuff. And like, you can do kind of all of it for like five to 10 grand. You can't make a movie for five to 10 grand. You can make a really, really cheap, indie film for like $250,000. Whoa. (laughs) And I've never, ever raised that amount of money for anything in my life, but (sighs) I'm, I'm working with a production company that has, and they know how to do it. And, uh, I'm just trusting them. And so I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm basically trying to keep my mind focused on all of the artistic aspects of the film Mm -hmm. and making sure that that's all squared away on my end, that I feel good about the way that I think it's going to look and the way that it will read and stuff. But as far as raising the amount of, cause they're actually trying to raise like, like several million dollars to make this movie. And I'm like, well, I have no idea how to do that. And if you guys say you do, then by all means, let's <laughs> yeah, well, go for it. Look, it it's it's go gotta happen. It. I'm sure yeah. you know Netflix and has made it a lot easier to get movies greenlit too. From what I understand, right. my brothers in, in the in the space too. Yeah. But uh, I uh, do you guys are you gonna direct it? Or are you look? Are you guys trying to find it? What's like? What do you need? Because I know in the music business, like most people in the old one was. You need to get a manager before you can get a label. You can't get a label and you can't get a man. It's hard to get like, it was like you had to play these catch 22s of, of all these catch 22s of like label, um, agent, manager, blah, blah, blah. And so you have to get one before the others start to come together. Is that how you've seen it in the, in the movie space? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, well, funding uh, will come first because before we can start getting 
you know, line producers and a director of photography and uh, like all the things that we need wardrobe department and who's going to be doing it. You're like, before we can handle all that, we need to know that we've got money secured to pay everybody. So that's the first thing. What we did first is we put a little bit of money into a proof of concept and we shot the first scene of the movie. So we shot and, and the, the thing is written like a play. So it's broken into these like long he dialogue, heavy scenes. It's very like Richard Linklater, uh, long scenes where people are just talking and it's very actor centric mm. and dialogue centric. But we shot the first about 12 minutes of the movie and we're going to use that in a few different ways. If we can't use that just to get a, a package together where we can make the rest of it, we might go the route where we're gonna use that as a short and enter that into festivals and see if anyone goes, we like this, is there more? And we go, there sure is. Uh, we just need money to make the rest. <laughs> and so there's a few different options. As far as uh, directing it, the idea right now is that I would direct just because the entire movie has been already finished in my head for the last, four to five years. And, but we're also totally open to like, if we get a bigger package with more money and we can actually afford someone who maybe has like a little more clout or pull, which is a big deal in, mm -hmm. in the movie industry names and stuff like that, then I'll absolutely step aside and, and let some uh, more well-known indie director take the reins. You know? But you still want to act in it though. Well, again, it's like, the the small budget option is yes i would love to act in it and the big budget option is if we get some producers behind it that are like we actually feel like we could sell this better if paul dano played your role i'd be like well okay <laughs> like i'm not gonna argue that i should be like I, i'm not gonna pull like a sylvester stallone and and maybe i should you know you know that story of how stallone wouldn't yeah. sell the rights yeah. to Rocky. He was like, no, I'm playing Rocky. And you know, he was right. Like retrospect, like hell of a decision. So maybe I should be a little bit more like, absolutely not, I'm in it and I'm directing it. Um, but I I would rather see the thing get made and I would rather, um, but I would, I would also always wanna, whatever happens, I wanna be very close to it because it is, it's also, it's a very personal thing uh, to me, the project. It's uh, a lot of my art has sort of, circled around mm -hmm. this this what the movie's sort of about um over yeah. the last few years and so yeah that's cool man i i hope it uh comes it's together just, how yeah. i want it to i really do me too um <laughs> thanks yeah so you got the movie coming out you got records coming out and then yeah. do you play live as a band or oh geez you? not enough um i that's another one of those things where like never played out live enough as a solo act to ever get like really reliably good i'm sort of notorious for having like sort of sloppy live solo sets because i just like i don't do it often enough and every time i do it i wind up messing up or forgetting my own lyrics or and it's like very like elliot smith on heroin style like, <laughs> <laughs> like can't remember his own songs can't remember you know and uh there was a time there was a time when i was in a band called us thieves and we played like four or five times a month and we got really good at playing live. And I think that's the key to playing live is like, you just have to do it all the time, mm -hmm. um, just like anything else. But uh, I I do play live occasionally. And sometimes I go live, I play live music on my live streams on TikTok and stuff like that. But like, 
I would, and I would like to, especially now that the audience is building a little bit more, I have people all the time in my comments saying like, I would really like you to come to this town or this town when, when all of this is uh, lifted. And so I'm, I, that's really cool. I would like to do like a tour with um, maybe my last album or something or yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it, it was, it, I just was thinking as you were talking that it's crazy. You don't have to, to play live to still have a career where it used to be a necessity right you had to that was how you made your money mostly right right um mm -hmm. and now it's just not the same not yeah. not it's crazy god i grinded for so many years six yeah. and seven nights a week man <laughs> yeah man just gotta do the gig so that you mm -hmm. can break even and pay for gas and then hopefully have a little bit left over <laughs> you know to, yeah to keep going mm -hmm. yep. yeah so there's, that, so there's that platform that you mentioned what, what else do you think think is next for sort of entertainment maybe music or i think more stuff like that i think as new media grows and as more and more creators and artists and musicians and <laughs> storytellers are seeing the value and the benefit of growing their audience this way there's going to be more and more efforts made to monetize it. Mm -hmm. And uh, not that there already are lots of ways to monetize it, but it's going to just grow more because people mm -hmm. are Cause like, again, the old model was I need a record label to notice me. Mm -hmm. Or if you're an actor, I need the green light from one of the big studios. I need them to allow me to do my thing in yeah. today's economy. You can really sort of make your own way and just sort of go, I'm just going to do this on my own. And you actually, you actually can do it. It's viable. Mm -hmm. um, but in order for that to be an, a thing that is something that we see happening more and more, um, people are just going to come up with more platforms that uh, uh, allow access to easy monetization. TikTok has all these ways that people can monetize their content, but it's all like kind of confusing and hard to see. It mm -hmm. almost feels like the platform doesn't want creators or audience to know that there's all these uh, monetization tools. And the cool thing about Perform Live, that platform I was talking about is it's like the whole thing is it's about getting these people paid. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I think you're going to see great. more platforms like yeah. that. It's interesting that they chose the term new media. I don't yeah. remember new before a wave or a movement that where it actually worked, except new wave, yeah. new coke, New yeah. Well, yeah. there's always going to be new media, right? Like that's mm -hmm. a, it's just always evolving. Um, you see, you see Twitch had done a really good job at that too for right. game players and, right. and all the other people that are doing other things on it now trying to, they, they, their monetization thing was, was pretty solid. It's, I'm, right. I'm always surprised that the empires that people can build just playing video games. It's insane. For other people. Yeah. It's fascinating, you know. What you find out though, if you talk to those people, is it's just as much a full time job as anything else. Oh, yeah. they are, mm -hmm. they're constantly doing yeah. en engagement and and constant. I mean, it's it's something they have to constantly monitor. They have to constantly be on top of like what they're doing. What where am I getting my money from today? Like it's it it, it th this idea of like oh so you just sit there and play video games. It's like no, like they have they also have to be entertainers. Like the, like the totally. reason why people like watching them play video games is, and I've never watched a trips, a Twitch stream where someone plays video games, but like the reason these people have an audience is because they're funny mm -hmm. and people like, and they enjoy the, the commentary and the, or they're really, really good. And people are like, damn that move. You know, it's like, so 
Yeah, it's it's yeah, there's always something. It's nothing's that as easy as yeah, just sit there and do that and that's all you gotta do. Like, I just yeah. would love to be a fly work. on the wall when they get to tell their parents, yeah. I'm making 40 grand a week, mom, streaming, playing the video <laughs> games that you told me to stop. I mean, dad, there was some satisfaction in signed a record deal. I'm making music. You told oh, me yeah. not to, but the video games you told me to never play. I'm making way more than you and dad ever made supporting me as a child growing up. Oh, it's every, it's every <laughs> artist's dream to it's finally have that day dream. where you get to look at your parents and be like, so. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. And, and then there's the OnlyFans success. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, mom. <laughs> okay, honey. You know, crazy Dude, world. I'm like more power to like only fans i'm like what a cool model for people who they've been doing it for free on instagram absolutely and, uh, you know, and like you might as well get paid mm -hmm. and if people want to pay you rock and roll like, heck yeah get it yeah and yeah. you want to see me in short shorts well now you got to pay 24.95 a month for that yeah and people genius. will genius Fantastic. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah now i think it's going to be an interesting interesting world when we're uh when we're all uh old and gray i wonder what the world will look like maybe it won't be Not gray. That far maybe, away. maybe that uh <laughs> maybe somebody will solve the old and the gray part of it too mm. maybe uh, just the ocean will die and we won't make it there anyway you know, i know I, I watched uh, this documentary the other day <laughs> called did you watch sea spiracy yes yeah it's so depressing and it was like god it was you know look the content was great. Not the, not the like most polished documentary, mm -hmm. but didn't need to be. The content was strong enough. And it Brutal. was like, I already don't eat a lot of seafood, but I was like, dude. Oh, like, don't, I don't tell me it's going to make me not want to eat sushi and tuna fish. Yeah. It's, yeah, you it should makes, not. It makes you realize that of all the, like of beef, chicken, seafood seafood's actually like head and shoulders the worst the it's worst the it's, you know, it's crazy is that it's, it's just yeah. the what they do to the ocean like it's yeah. not the fact that they're fishing that like like the nets that are like killing what like i didn't i what was really the most fast one of the most fascinating ideas that i got from that documentary and we'll spoiler alert for everybody but mm -hmm it's worth watching is it it's the fishing nets and the stuff that the 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 fisher meat fisher people <laughs> let go into the ocean that's 50 percent of the debris it's all of it's most well, of the also issue just the issue of bycatch that like they're throwing away 90 percent of what they pull up they're pulling up these nets full of stuff and then they're like we're only after that Oops. fish everything else we're just gonna chuck back in there and it's like already dead so they're just chucking like like tons of dead fish and dead coral back into the ocean and it's like that doesn't happen with chicken and beef they don't throw away 10 cows for every cow that they harvest meat from but we you know in the ocean we're just chucking it we're just and it's ah. like it's you know what it is yeah. dude it's it's this thing that human beings just don't seem to have this ability to to think mm. in the future at <laughs> scale you know and like yeah. 
they're trolling the bottom of the ocean and killing everything. It's like, yeah. you know, the fact that like most of the carbon that gets stored in is getting stored in the ocean and we're stirring it up and it's not able to be, it's like amazing. Everybody needs to watch this documentary. It's Glad crazy. you brought it up because it's crazy. Everybody it's really should depressing. watch it. My brother said, I, I told my brother about it and he goes, the whole species is in a battle between our, uh, like our, our spirit and our ego. And he's like, and our ego's, winning it's just winning you know we're that, that that whole thing of not being able to see into the future it's just because it's just what i want what i want for my comfort and i'm i'm no better i'm sitting there watching it going like oh no like everything i like sucks <laughs> nope. there i guess we are not door dashing pokeballs tonight that was yeah what we were eating that's a just watch it you know it's like the thing is is that <laughs> yeah everything can be if if everybody ate in moderation and we and we actually the problem isn't eating seafood the problem is that we're not that industry is so out of control that's the problem it's just doing whatever the fuck it wants and you know man anyways austin yeah thanks for joining this is on that fishery note <laughs> on that really happy note about how the planet's probably doomed. Thanks for having me on, on the show. You guys. We'll see you on the interwebs. Yes. Uh, yeah. Hey Austin, I wanted to ask you though, too, what's a good song to play our um, audience out with? Get a good Austin Archer taste, if you will. Uh, have them listen to sweet rejection from my last album, beautiful things. Uh, I think I like that whole album, but I think that that song turned out top to bottom the best. I think it's mm -hmm. like the most marketable song on the album. Sweet Rejection. Excellent. Can't wait. Great. Yeah. Thanks, Austin. Appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for joining Good us. We'll do it man. again. Thanks so it. much, guys. Cheers, Austin. Yeah. Call it bad luck. Call a self-fulfilling prophecy, I guess Call it a shame Call it good old-fashioned like a talent I could really not care less Chris says it ain't happened Cause I'm not playing enough show Whether he is right or not I don't believe that anybody really knows So eloquent and still retain such thin skin There goes another year Waiting for the tide to come in You get old Thinking that the best is yet to come You forget you're not in control when you're done Could be from a straight bullet from a five, five blocks away You're dreaming about tomorrow Thinking what you should have done yesterday or no Another 
Another year, making it all up as I go. 